prefer the stillness here. I am tired of Earth. These people. I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives. are to build a heaven, yet their heaven is populated with horrors. Perhaps the world is not made. Perhaps nothing is made. A clock without a craftsman. It's too late. Always has been. Always will be. Too late. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. It's the first time we've been here in 2018. This is this is Jay, and let me tell you what it took to get Welly here. I literally had to go into the bathroom, throw water on the mirror, <laughs> and say Candyman five times for him to pop up. Golly. That's, that's literally what it took to get him over here. Uh, man, hey, man, when you got a, a strain of the flu terrorizing the nation... And um, you just happen to be one of the victims of it. It's not what you, it's not what you can do about it. It's crazy. My 76-year-old grandmother is on Facebook now. Mm-hmm. And she is doing the absolute most. Like, she doesn't call me anymore. She, she don't, she, she'll just, like, write on my Facebook wall. Wow. And she has an iPhone. And the auto, she doesn't understand the autocorrect. Oh. So she would go... She's she's typing on all my cousins' walls. They have kids, you know. Tell such to make sure such such get a flu shot. Make such such get a flu shot, you know. But when you type flu, autocorrect changes it to glue. So it, her everything would say, you know, make such such get a glue shot or such such has the glue. It all says glue. Really? <laughs> yeah. Y'all not helping her out? Yeah, I mean, I know it means flu. That's. <laughs> Very fucked up. <laughs> I talked to her. I talked to her last night because I called her on her house phone because you know old people still have house phones. Yes, I called her on her house phone. And the line was busy because old people still don't have call waiting. <laughs> wow. And then so I called her on her cell phone. I said, "Oh, so you on talking on one phone and you on Facebook on the other phone? You must think you thirty or something." She said, "I do." Oh, oh. You know what? <laughs> oh, okay. My business over here. Yeah. <laughs> let me go. Let me go mind it. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you something, man. To, to get a flu shot is to basically, it, you know, commit your own suicide. It's it's not it's not right now. The stats are already showing that the people that are dying right now are you know people that have gotten the flu shot. It's really just best to let your body go through the natural um, fighting stages of getting rid of it itself. Like I never was fully. You know, diagnosed with the flu, but at the end of the day, nigga, you know, um, I was weak. I was weak for a couple of days, but I know when you get a flu flu, you're going to the emergency room, which I never was that bad. I was just to the point where I was like, oh, fuck, I feel like I'm coming down with something. Let me get on my shit. I'm, I'm, I'm back to normal, you know, somewhat again. But, like, a lot of people that get the flu, and there's still people out there that don't understand that when you're getting a flu shot, 
they're putting a flu strain in you. You are you are injecting yourself you're, with the flu you're, virus. You're a guinea pig, and yeah. a lot of times, and I want to say in a 2014, 2015, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, I want to say close to 200,000 people died of the flu or pneumonia, and a lot of people don't. A lot at the time, the CDC wasn't aware of the fact that people were going from the flu stage to the pneumonia stage and dying. So the the numbers may be a little off. It may be worse than that, but no matter what, the reason those people between 2014 and 2015 had got hit so hard was because that flu strain that they were putting in people at the time, it was it wasn't working. It was it was ineffective because a lot of times they can catch it. I don't even know why the fuck they're even doing this shit. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me because it's a show on Netflix. It's called Travelers, and I tell people to watch the show all the time, but it's not for yeah, everybody. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but. On the second season, it's crazy because I, this this it just this this season just came out, and one of the main episodes is about um, the flu virus. It hits it hits the uh, it hits the nation so hard, and it's because it came from the future. It was a virus that came from the future through one of the travelers. See, you got to watch uh, the show okay. to really understand okay, it. Okay. So this is like a 28th century virus that. Some one of the travelers brought back to the 21st century and pretty much just started killing off the killing off people like that and like that. And I just kind of found it ironic that in 2018, here we are, we're dealing with one of the worst. Now, this is a fucking epidemic, bro. Like it's so bad, and it's funny because it's so bad that you already have multiple people dying of the flu right now. But you you heard more bullshit about Ebola. Then you heard about you hear about this flu right now. Like, Ebola, West ask somebody, Nile. Ask somebody. You, you would this, see like three people die from West Nile. Yeah. Ask somebody what this flu strain is called right now. I bet you they won't know what it's called. I bet you they won't know. Last, last flu strain you remember was what? H1N1? Yeah. And this one is fucking what? H3N2? I'm just saying. You yeah. know, motherfuckers, they don't, they're not aware of that shit because America has become, and that's why I, I like the intro that we chose. Because to me, we're living in a society where you want to believe that everything is set up to where you're going to be in your own little utopia someday. Like, everything is just supposed to be so great. But for some reason, it really feels like the powers that be don't want you to be happy at all. Like, <laughs> it's like, just imagine, bro, if the media was just like, you know what? That nigga Trump ain't shit. But the media has the power to literally have everybody calm down and just start liking Trump. You know that, right? Like, the media has the power to do that. The media has... All you, the, all you have to do is focus on the good. That's all you have that's to do. That's all you got to do. Like, it's not... Everything he's doing isn't bad. Like, you could... Just focus on the economy boost. You can do a whole news hour on the economy They boost. refuse to do it. No. They They hate that man so much that all they want to do is focus on the negative shit he does. That way, you can constantly cause this mass hysteria and have everybody in panic mode. Like... I was sitting there watching the Dave Chappelle, um, the, the Dave Chappelle uh, comedy thing, and I'm like, I, I was a lot of shit he was saying on there. I agreed with, but it was just like I kind of felt like the weakest part of his skit was when he talked about Trump, because I kind of felt like he was like begging for an apology, you know, because he was kind of like, oh, you know, I said what I said on Saturday Night Live, but it's like I oh, see at the end of the day, Chappelle, niggas respect you because you say some shit, you stand by it. Like so when he was saying, oh, you know, I wish I would have said that. Fuck that shit. Like. 
I said it. I own it. Uh, yeah, you know, you know like no, nobody. no, no, no LOLs at the end of at the end of anything in 2018. No, I said that bro. shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like it is what it is. Um, for for a nigga to say Trump is having a bad go of it, it's like shit. That nigga Bush had a bad go of it. <laughs> you're not gonna do everything good for those all, in all four years. You're no. not, bro. Like, dog. Like, like, like anybody could take a take a look at your life and take your best four years, your <sighs> best four year stretch, shit. and tell me that you were flawless, man. I, could, I barely can find you a one year it's, stretch. It's been two weeks in 2018 and I, I haven't I, been flawless. Man, I've been out of there. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> I've been out of there. But I mean, it, man, we, we just we stay in a day and age where nobody wants to admit the power of media, TV programming. It's sad. It, it's, 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 like, it's like Jordan and LeBron. Oh, Jordan went to the finals six times and won every time. Mm-hmm. LeBron's been to the finals what eight times? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, but you get no credit because you didn't win every single time. Very true. You were there, but you didn't win. So, yeah. nah. you know, you you spin that story whichever way you want to. He dominated his era. It's yeah. it's it's how you want to see it. You exactly. Know? Perspectives on a lot of shit, bro. People don't ever people deny perspective because they just kind of. It's so many people out there that are mentally ill. Basically, they're so stubborn that they can't see any other picture. They see that one fucking picture, and that's all they're going to attach themselves to. I can't do that. I can't live my life like that. That's why I say, you know, since we are in 2018, and we we can say this now, um, as the year goes forward, I mean, I, I just got to be all the way, like, honest, all the way 100 with it. Like, all it's no time. point of even biting my tongue about some bullshit. Like, people are going to say you're negative. Okay, like once if again, that's how I feel, yeah, like then that's how I feel. I can feel negative, like that's what I, I've never understood. Like people say, "Oh, well, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way." No, motherfucker, I should embrace every single feeling and emotion that I have. I'm human. Yeah. I should embrace every single one of them. And if you don't like the way that I'm feeling right now, fuck you. Pretty much. It's basically it's like like is that is that simple like oh well you know if you're if you're um was it empathizing with me mm-hmm. of course but if you're like no you you got you got this going for you you got this going for you you got this going for you but that's not what I'm talking about right now yeah. if my house is on fire I'm not saying well at least I got a car no I'm, <laughs> trying, to, I'm trying to put the fire out on my house you <laughs> can say at least I got a car that's I mean and that's just how like. I don't know, man. Me neither. I, I, I basically, like I told you, 2018 is going to be four times worse. I'm telling you, it's going to get. I don't. I have no. It's, and I can't. I can't. I can't mentally. You don't want to accept that. Accept that. Because I'm telling you, dog. I felt 2017, although it had its highs, I felt like my lows outbalanced my highs last year. I'm not talking on a personal level. I'm talking about for society, for uh, humanity. Fuck society. I'm talking about me. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'm talking about. I'm gonna me. do what I'm gonna do regardless. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do me regardless. But from a news standpoint, from what's going on in the world, bruh. Oh, it's, it's turning up. It's all. Oh, it's 14 days into the year. Niggas already talk about missiles going to Hawaii and shit, bro. What the fuck is going on? Ask me to answer this question for me. Why niggas they do that shit when Obama was in office? You just you wasn't clumsy when Obama was in office. No, no. You ain't sending out dumb shit when Obama was in office. You was very critical of not sending out a mass message to Hawaiians for eight years. But all of a sudden, come on, bro. This shit is crazy. Shit's amazing, dog. You know what what's crazy to me? Based off one speech 
people believe that Oprah should run for president in 2020. I'm, I'm telling you. And this, and, and let me tell you this. A speech that she didn't even write. Let, a speech she didn't even write. But, you know, nobody, everybody has speechwriters. Yeah. Oprah may not be out for your best interest as you think she is. You got to realize Oprah is a billionaire. Last thing Oprah wants to do is give away her money. And for Oprah to give away her money, she has to lower taxes. Because if you lower taxes on the rich, you have to raise them on the poor. So if you want to pay less as a rich person, you raise poor people taxes. And for all those that don't think you're poor, you're poor. <laughs> if, you, if you think you're not poor, then you're definitely poor. Yeah, basically. You got to know that you're not poor. All I know is when Trump won, she moved to Canada. I just I know that's a fact. She moved to Canada for like three or four months. You got you got because she that has that kind of money. Exactly. And I'm waiting for the rest of y'all motherfuckers to move to Canada too. And 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 you, you, we clown Trump some. Oh, oh, he's such a he's such a, a reality star. He's this. He's that. What is he's Oprah? This. What is Oprah? A fucking talk show host. A talk show host billionaire versus a reality show billionaire. She's Ellen DeGeneres. We might as well vote uh, Ellen in. Low key. Ellen, like black people, cool with Ellen. Yeah. Gays are cool with Ellen. I think I think Ellen's had more black people on her show than Oprah did in a, in a long time. Like if you look at the span of how long Ellen's been on, she's had more like she people try to make it seem. Oprah like, would just recycle Will Smith and Denzel Washington. Yeah, she had her. Jamie Foxx. She had a court that she just yeah, recycled every time that, they um, do something. Ellen exploits the little black kids that she didn't put on there, but I mean she's a part of pop culture, so she's basically keeping up with the times. And like I said, in her. In the in the in the short span that she's been on air, which is not that short, she didn't have a lot of black people on there, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, you you looked at Oprah audience. Man. Like like Obama won because he had his finger on the pulse of the youth. Of course. You have Ellen, you have Oprah, you have Donald Trump. Who has their finger on the pulse of the youth? As of right now? As of right now. I mean the first two. Ellen and Oprah? Yeah. Yeah, you say? That yeah, was yeah, yeah. You said, I forgot. <laughs> wow, nigga, you got that quick. I was trying to go to a point, and you didn't get there. Like I thought you were oh, gonna get bad, there. Oh my bad, my bad. No, which, I, which is that's that's something I I learned in in th um, therapy. I'll tell you about that later. Oh okay. But like Ellen has her pulse on the youth. Oh definitely. So yeah, like us who watch the Kardashians, listen to Bruno Mars, and definitely, and yeah, Car yeah. You know, we're gonna vote Ellen because oh, Ellen relates to us. Yeah, she gets us. She gets the as sad as that is. Yeah, she gets this generation. You yeah, know, yeah, that's pretty sad. That, uh, when the when the when the bro, bro, the majority of black people voted for Obama just because he was black. If we can just if we could just keep it a buck. Yeah, which is true, but that's sad when you. That's what I'm telling you. This this country is doomed. When when it gets to the point where politics is basically a popularity contest, it's fucking scary. Like, it was a point in time where people actually were critical thinkers and was going into a voting booth, and they actually knew what the fuck they were doing. These cats going in the voting booth right now are fucking retarded. Like, you're literally going in there probably going Dog, it was people that was writing in Steve Saban when, uh, when, uh, when the Alabama thing was going down. Oh, he was trying to write in Nick Saban? Nick Saban, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, like this... No, people think politics is a joke. I mean, he's he's already the highest paid employee in Alabama. He might as well. Might as well. Very true. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like politics is a joke, and that's how that's how that's how it's that's what it is. What it is. So if we in America don't even take our own politics seriously, I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised if Russia does, you know, 
do some damage, you know, in the near future, or North Korea does do damage in the future. We're weak. We're a joke. You're not giving. You're not. We're not giving them any reason to take us seriously. I don't take us serious. <laughs> I'm just out here living day by day, bro. I mean, I mean, when they start talking about the next president, who do you hear? You hear Oprah. You hear the Dwayne Rock. Johnson. Like, wow. like really? Like we don't have anybody that's been that's been in politics for you know twelve to fifteen years and. <sighs> Really knows the ins and outs of the United States government. We, if if Kevin Spacey were not his touching boys, we could have wrote him in. At least he played a good one on House of Cards. Real, that's what I've heard. So I was like, you know, what the fuck? Wow, that's fucked up, man. I but, mean, I just know you can fact check me on this, but these are these are two facts that I know that I I should have fact checked before I, I'm going to say this, but for sure, Bill Clinton is the reason Donald Trump ran for office. He called him up and told him, you know, hey, I think you should run. And I know that when uh, Donald Trump got that call, he was, you know, probably skeptical of it because at, when it's all said and done, Donald Trump knew who he was at the time. He knew that he, he knew what he was risking. He knew what he was putting online. He knew he was putting his business out there because he knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know from the jump when he first when he first decided he was going to run, he reached out to Oprah to be his running mate. A lot of people don't remember that shit, but he did. So. I look at it like this. If you're so blind and so dumb to the fact that all these people are in the same circle, then you don't, you're just bitching for no reason. You really don't care. You're not even, you're not even capable of critical thinking because of the fact that you're not even thinking for yourself anymore. The media is thinking for you. Like you, you have to think back that the, the battle that, that Hillary Clinton had with Obama when he was running for office, like when everybody got just, pretty, just, it got pretty uh, nasty. Yeah, just just to get the the, the candidacy from from the from their side, mm-hmm. like you know that got nasty. And then you know you get it, you you have to humble yourself basically because you still want a job, you still want to be around politics and stuff. So. He made her Secretary of State. Yeah, and so. then while he made her Secretary of State, he you know she was in his ear, and then while she was in his ear, she they co- they coerced uh, Obama to go into Libya to kill Gaddafi. And destabilize their economy, and then now you have Libyan, you have black men being sold in the streets of Libya for four hundred dollars, based off of some shit Hillary and Obama did, and nobody fucking talks about it. It's pretty sad. It's, hey, but you know, it is what it is. It's pretty fucking sad. But but to reach back to to you mentioning Ellen exploiting that that black kid on her show, I think she exploited a few of them. I, I mean, I don't, I don't find it as as her expert. That's what they cause, said. Because to me, these kids were hot on YouTube. She just put them on TV. Like that's that's the easiest thing you can do is find somebody that's hot on YouTube and bring them to TV and, and get them a little spot on your show. That's, that's real shit. But see, with the H and M ad, where you, they had the the black kid in the coolest monkey in the jungle hoodie, and then everybody is pissed. In this day and age, when we're doing the whole. Take the take the power out of out of words. Where Amber Rose does the slut walk, and she's like, you know, I'm not gonna be nobody's bitch. I'm not gonna be anybody's slut. I'm taking the power out of the word. But you see the word monkey, and you're triggered. Granted, I wouldn't have wore the hoodie. Not gonna lie to you. But also, I understand that that kid might be trying to start a modeling career. Mm-hmm. His parents probably had to sign a release. Mm-hmm. They were probably there to see what he put on, mm-hmm. unless they digitally put the image on there. Which I mean, what, what they do, it's, it's, it's happened it's, a million it's, times it's since then. Yeah, but uh, but I'm like, you're mad at H and M, 
You go tear up their store. You go tear up their store. You you she say that you're supposed to be this civilized person, this civilized group of people, and then you go and clown. You go, you go and show naked ass. You go out your monkey ass in there. <laughs> you go That's show your monkey ass. That's what basically. you do. Like, you go show your monkey ass. So now it's like, no, I'm not this, but if you want a monkey, I'm going to go show you a monkey. And now, look, you're a monkey. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't either. And then I, I was listening to the Brilliant Idiots, and Charlamagne goes, you know, oh, well, if H&M called me, I told him to go, I told him go suck my dick. You can tell H&M that because you don't need that H&M check. Exactly. You do not need that check at all. I'm telling you right now. If country- H&M called me right now and said, Jay, look, I, I got 100000 for you, model for us for the next four months. I'm signing that check. I mean, I'm I, getting that back. Who, who, who am I to to not, you know, want to pursue something? That, I mean, it just falls into my lap. It's a, it's a good opportunity, and I'm gonna, you know, how do I say this? First of all, I would I want to believe that the main buyers of H and M product probably aren't even black people to begin with. So. When it's all said and done, if they're reaching out to me, putting that type of money in my pocket, it's just like, shit, you're giving me an opportunity that I never was going to have before, and I'm going to turn it down because of some social activist moment that's currently going on. Like, I don't care. Like, once again, like you said, that, that child had a mother and a father, and they saw that outfit before it was released. <coughs> So who are we holding accountable? I, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just so confused here. Like why am I supposed to be so angry at H and M? Like I, one, like I said, H and M shit is cheap anyway. So I do love me an H and M t shirt. It is for for five dollars. It's a good one and done. Understandable. You, you can't wash it though. You wash it as wrap. Wow, that's but, that's. But for for a one and done, it's solid. You know, and I I just don't I don't know, bro. I don't I don't know when it comes down to what people you know get. Outraged about when it, you know, if you don't want to shop there, don't shop there. Don't you can't get mad at me for shopping there. But at the at the same time, when this ad goes up, actually when this ad doesn't even go up, when they're evaluating which ad goes up, it's a group of white people sitting in a room with this picture of a black kid in a hoodie, and you're thinking like, how good will this be? How good would this? In 2018, sell? I find it hard to believe that it's a group of white people I do. anymore. I, I I don't. Cause like I look you're, you're at not, you're, these, still, you're still not at, you, I, you still don't have that seat at the table. Yeah, I, I look at a lot of these social media accounts, how they ran now, and the, the lingo that they use, like even ESPN. Like you could tell that it's a millennial running these pages. So I think that a lot of these companies at this point have people in position that have urban intelligence. Like I know for a fact that H and M did that shit, and I think that they wanted some type of publicity. Whether it was positive or negative, they thought that they were going to be able to, you know, capitalize off of this. And to an extent, they really are. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think that they thought this shit out pretty well. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is a pretty large corporation. They, they, they're pretty big, bro. And like when Cass was boycotting the NFL, boycotting Uber, boycotting Papa John's. Nigga still taking Uber. In about two months... Everything's gonna be right back to yep. normal. So it doesn't even matter. So yeah. why why am I gonna miss out on my hundred thousand dollar modeling career? Because y'all gonna forget about some shit. Y'all gonna forget about it. I got I gotta stand later. I gotta stand up here for the cause and be like, well, Charlemagne said he ain't gonna do it, so I'm not gonna do it. Charlemagne don't need this check like I need you don't this need check. That check, man. Charlemagne got multiple streams of income. I'm telling you, I right might now. I might be here sharing a one bedroom apartment with three other models. You know, and all of us trying to make our big break. 
black people are going to be led to slaughter because they follow celebrities. Literally, that's black people are going to be led to slaughter because they don't have role models at home or in their neighborhoods or in their communities that they can actually look up to. Real they, people. Real, real people, people. That have real jobs, real lives that they can actually look up to. See, that's the disadvantage that we have when it's... That's why, that's why your typical black person hates white people so much because they, they realize that white people set themselves up to the point where they can do it right. The white family, no matter how fucked up it can be, like you might have, you know, the, the husband may be sleeping with his secretary, all that other bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But when it's all said and done, your typical white family these days still has a mom, a dad, and it is what it is. You go over to the black community, you got a, a bunch of kids being raised by mom, you got a bunch of kids being raised by, by mom, and a, the, the dad is in and out, or the dad is in jail. That is the reality of the black community. So what do we do? We look up to basketball players. We look up to radio DJs. We look up to people that don't give a fuck about us. They don't have our best interest at heart at all. It's sad. Like, and in the, you look at the white community, and the white community is like, you look like, wow, like, they can actually, they motherfucking have senators as their next-door neighbors, or the sheriff might be their next-door neighbor. That's what they're used to. Who who, who was that, that that had the the joke that's like, you know, now that I, now I live next to dentists and doctors, I forget, I forget exactly. Oh, Chappelle. Was that, that was oh, part Chris of Chappelle, Rock, where, was where it was like Chris Rock's like, Chris Rock. I had to be one of the best comedians of all time yeah. to live next to white yeah. doctors and mm-hmm. white dentists. Yep. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just be average. Nope. I had to be one of the very best. Yep. And like, if you go to a white neighborhood, you're gonna, you're gonna see, you know, oh well, this person, you know, works at, works in a, as a high, high ranking official in a bank. This person a dentist. This person a doctor. You'll, you'll see all that on the same block. Yeah. You go to a black block, you'll see. Well, this person might have a job, but five houses down, you're probably gonna hit at least one unemployment, or at least somebody that's making hourly wages. That's the reality of the black community. Like I said, now we're going to be led to slaughter. Like, you're constantly following these fuck... Bruh, I seen them shouting out the fact that the Atlanta mayor put T.I. and Killer Mike as advisors. I still, don't want, I still don't want any advice from T.I. Because T.I. I keep going to jail. <laughs> like, 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 some tell me your decision-making ain't all so that So you're great. telling me out of every citizen in Atlanta... Now, fuck that. Every citizen in Georgia, you're telling me that you're going to overlook motherfuckers that went to Morehouse, people that went to Spelman, people that actually went to colleges out there that actually have education and street knowledge, and you're going to pick two rappers? One that's a multiple felon, and then, I mean, Killer Mike's a smart dude, but come on. Like, and they're getting praised for that? That shit scares me, bro. Like, you actually have people that are qualified that have worked their asses off to get in the position to actually be, you know, voices in politics, and then you choose two fucking rappers. That's embarrassing. That's the black community. You think you think the you think fucking George Bush or or somebody like that is gonna be calling Kid Rock and, and Eminem to come advise him? They, hell, they're not even calling George Straight and Come on, Kenny well, Rogers. Willie Nelson. Like, like you're not even calling these people. Like it's like I'm putting people around me that know stuff. I'm not putting people around me that are popular. Dude, all I'm going to do is is from now on is uh, is just laugh. Because that's all I can do. Because 
We're not important enough. <laughs> you're, you're laughing to stop from crying is what you're what you're doing. Low key, low key. Like, because I got to laugh or I'm gonna cry. Unless I pull up in a Rolls Royce, look rich, gain some type of popularity, niggas ain't gonna listen to me. No, you know, like just being real, niggas is not going to listen to us because in their minds we're not relevant or we're not, you know, important enough, and that's scary. Like you, like I have to prove myself before I prove myself. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, am I smart or am I not smart? Like, you have a motherfucker look at you and you have a motherfucker look you dead in the eye. I'm going to just pause for a second. Uh, we're looking at the Jacksonville Steelers game right now. This hoe's done. This hoe is, <laughs> this is done. Pittsburgh doing their fucking thing, but this hoe done. Jacksonville on their ass. You let, you let Blake Bortles just deliver bro, out the pocket, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> This shit is ridiculous, man. I mean, it's not over yet, bro. This is a long ass time. Forty-one to twenty-eight. Unless, I mean, with the receivers Pittsburgh have, they can score real quick. But your defense is just letting Blake Bortles slice you up. What the fuck is going on? Just imagine if that was Tom Brady. Bro, Blake Bortles a goat, bro. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm mark my words, y'all. I'm telling you, you, you Pittsburgh, gotta, you got to put him in the most improved player conversation. Maybe, but he MVP. was he has improved. <laughs> Just, that's the fucking funny part. He had he got improved. Help. He got help. He got help, yeah. But the scary thing is for New England, that nigga Coughlin up there, bro. That nigga Coughlin is up there. He ready. Yeah. He's ready for New England, yeah. dog. Coughlin, and you got to see Coughlin coming because he, he coming with them two Super Bowl rings. Dog, like, hmm? he's waiting for dog. <laughs> he's coming like, hmm. Man, anyways, that shit, I just looked over there. I'm like, golly. But, um, man, real shit, though. I mean, what the fuck is going on, bro? I ask myself that all the time, man. That's and that's one of the reasons why I started going to therapy. Like, yeah, tell me about that. Like you, you know, I, I had to lead up a couple of episodes before the new year and everything that I was going to start going. And so, Hold on, let's stop. Let me stop you real quick. Go okay, ahead. so we we, we didn't enter twenty eighteen, and you know we're rambling like we always do. Did you have any resolutions? I didn't do that shit this year. Oh, okay. God, why? Please. Why would I start the year off by letting myself down? <laughs> okay, that makes sense. My, my resolution was to make no resolutions because I didn't want to start the year off letting myself down. Oh, wow. Okay. My, I, I said, you know, I want to be physically better, mentally better, spiritually better. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to be. Okay. I don't want to set no goals, no dates by it. I just want to be that consistently for the rest of my life. Okay, okay. So this isn't a New Year's resolution. This is a life resolution. Okay, okay. I've been eating better. The weight's, the weight's down a little bit. Okay. Uh, the working on the mental health with the therapy and everything. Okay, now you can say it way into that. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course. So, I travel a lot. So, that makes the traditional route of therapy very hard. And so, I found this one where it's basically, it's pretty much online based. So, the therapist, she'll drop in twice a day and check to see if I left any messages for her. I can leave a long, like, email type message style. I can leave a voice message. I could leave a video message if I chose to. Like, I could sit there and, you know, record a video or whatever. She'll drop in, you know, she'll give me her feedback. When I get a chance, I'll give her my feedback. And, you know, that'll happen twice a day. And it's, like, every day. Like, I can do that Monday through Friday. Okay. And so when I first started, like, that first week and a half, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this shit gay. I, th- I think I even told you that, like, she's not telling me anything that I don't already know. Gotcha. And, and I think that's what most therapy is. They're not telling you stuff you don't already know. Uh-huh. But then, like, I, start, I, I started to open up more. 
And then I realized that she's having me look at things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And that, and I pride myself on being one of those people that's like, oh yeah, I can look at it from different angles, this angle, that angle, and that's why I would understand, you know, a lot of things or claim to understand a lot of things. But when I would look at stuff from different angles, I would still look at it as me. If that makes any sense. Yeah, of course. Like, like, oh yeah, I'm putting I'm putting myself in your shoes and when I get over there, I'm like, all right, now that I'm in your shoes, what would Jay do? Still. Like, like, like I'm there, but what would Jay do? I'm telling I'm in your shoes saying what what I would do. And I had to learn that, you know, the way it looks for me and what and things I consider to be something or to be easy or to be difficult or whatever what have you may not be the same for the person I'm 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 speaking about. Like, for instance, you Going to the gym every day could be easy for you. Mm-hmm. Somebody, let's let's just use me since I'm here in the room. Mm-hmm. That might be hard for me. And you can say, why is that hard? You can just you just get up and you go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't see what the difficult part about it is. And then, but when it comes to me, I can say, well, yeah, but I worked nine hours. It took me an hour to get to work, and then it took me an hour to get home. So now that's already eleven hours of my day. And just, you know, being in a work mode, I got up an hour before I had to go to go to work to get ready. So there's 12 hours of my day right there. Okay, I'm going to have to try to sleep for eight hours, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, do the math, whatever. And then so basically, I and let's say I get home at six. I want to be in bed by 10. Okay, I have four hours. I still got to feed myself, too. I still got to I still got to unwind. I got to detox. And then let's say my gym isn't right here. What if I got to drive 30 minutes to the gym? That sucks. You know, like, like there are a whole lot of variables that doesn't make it that easy for me. Of course. And then so I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm gaining weight and you're telling me, whoa, just go to the gym. Just go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, I can't. Well, I work nine to five. And then you go, all right, then, you know, if I work nine to five, I would just go to the gym at six. And, and like you say that because you, you put yourself in my spot and you're like, oh, I just go at six then. But then I was like, well, shit, I can't go at six because I don't sometimes I'm not even home by six. Or I'm just walking through the door. Gotcha. So I'm learning that, you know, what I find to be easy or the effort or the task handling capabilities from my perspective may not be the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. And and I ain't no may not to it. It's, it's just not. Because it could be uh, the simplest thing as asking somebody on a date could be easy for some person. Yeah, of course. For another person, that could be a whole anxiety attack. Boy, shit. And they could yeah. be on the verge, like if this person says it's no, sweating. I'm just gonna jump off the off a bridge. <laughs> I'd rather jump off a bridge. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's that's primarily what I learned. And then I've also learned that I need to be better when I communicate. Okay. okay. Which is something that I, I always thought I was a pretty good communicator. But it turns out that I'm very not I'm not that direct of a communicator. I've, we said this. I've said this before, and I'd argue with a therapist on this because I, I would. Mm-hmm. I, you, you would go to therapy. You'd argue. I would. Hour. I would because I would say everybody communicates different. You can literally communicate in the most effective way that you possibly can con- conjure up with your brain. Like you're literally communicating in your best way. Like this is how I'm gonna do it because this is what my heart and my brain is telling me to do. Right. And you still get it wrong. Right. You know why? Because that's how motherfuckers perceive things. You can't you can't perceive things for a motherfucker. Like motherfuckers have their mind frame, and unless you know how to think exactly like that person thinks or how that person takes in information, how are you going to communicate to them? I, I, I think pretty the point, hard. I think the point that 
my therapist was trying to make is that it's kind of like it's kind of like the whole mind reader thing. Oh shit! Like instead of instead of just coming out and saying this is what I want you to do, plain English, one sentence, very direct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like okay, well, I wanted you to do this, but I wanted you to do it on your own without me telling you to do it. Like oh, I wanted you God. to see, I wanted you to see that the trash was full. And I just wanted you to take it out instead of me having to ask you to do it. One of one of those kind of things. So, I mean, I mean, I granted, I didn't enter this thinking that I was a complete person. You know, I've, I've never thought that I was a complete person. But I'm learning a, in just a few weeks. I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about how I communicate and how I show my emotions and how I interact with people. That you know, I think it's a good thing. Like I said, I feel like everybody should go to therapy. I know Big Sean said at one time that everybody should go with. Even if you even if you just go for like a month, like it it it'll it'll change your perspective definitely. Do you think most people are going at our age for relationship reasons or just because you know they might be a sociopath or something like that? Or, I think I think at our stage it's it's relationship reasons, hmm. or you get or because those people that don't have like those social skills aren't going to go to therapy because you don't have social skills already. You're just going to be that hermit introvert that. You know, try to figure it all out on your own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think at at our age, and it's it's mostly like relationships, because we're at that point in time where it's like, am I going to be a serial dater for the rest of my life, or am I going to find a mate and reproduce and go through all that? Speaking of serial daters, uh, what was this show that came out on December twenty ninth? It's called uh, <laughs> Black Mirror, and it's uh, I believe one of the best shows on Netflix. But, uh, I, I, I do have to say that this season kind of wasn't as good as the other seasons. Kind of. I always feel like every season, oh, I mean, I, whenever I ask somebody what is the best season, what, what, is, the, what is the season that people usually tell you when, they, when they've seen all of them? I think most people would probably say either two or three. Yeah, two or definitely two or three. And because because the whole the whole pig fucking in season one throws a whole lot of people exactly. off. Exactly. Like, no, I'm, I'm not watching it. I'm not finishing like this, this shit. Like yeah. And I think I think I think season I want to say three is more for the intellectuals. And it's it is since then it's progressed. I kind of feel like each season. It, I grew up on the Outer Limits. I grew up on Twilight Zone. I grew up on. The, um, that Alfred Hitchcock series where it's goosebumps, yeah, fucking yeah. you know, tales from the crypt. Like you're gonna have a series of shows that they may not all connect, but they give you all a different um, context of something. And out of what six episodes, mm-hmm. six episodes, right? Yeah, out of six episodes, I think you're not. You, I don't think that you can really ask for them to give you six for six. I think it's pretty tough to do that for you because you're basically saying once again it's like communication. You're basically saying that all six episodes have to hit all six parts of the brain that makes a person go, "Ooh, I like this." Yeah, that's tough. I, I mean, I mean, like the premises of a lot of the stories were were good. Let's go like, through each episode. Okay, um, the first one I forget what it's called, but that's the whole the Star, Star Trek, Trek the Star Trek yeah. episode. I thought it, I thought that one was just okay. Really? And, like I thought it was okay. Like what? Because when you and you take their DNA and you basically clone them and put them in there and they come with all those memories of who they actually are. I was like, ah, okay, that's kind of... No, let's, let's, let's stay on that episode. First, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that episode right there is probably going to get a spinoff. 
because that's that's how great it was received. But you see what I mean, right? Yeah. See, the the wider audience liked it, but you as an individual, you felt it was okay. It was just okay. But just think about that shit, bro. Do you understand how demonic that is to simply grab a person's DNA and to make that person's DNA a prisoner in your own little dream world? It was, it was a whole God complex crazy. thing. It was a, a exactly. whole God complex. Um, I, I definitely got that. And, and I understand that might be something that you might not enjoy to watch, but that's that was pretty creative, dog. And I just kind of felt like he was obsessive. Yeah, he was definitely, a, he was definitely. obsessive. And he definitely was a loser because I hated the way that he did that little boy. But his partner did him wrong, and sometimes you just don't know. I would rather have somebody do my DNA like that than actually do me like that. Just because you don't know about it. exactly your DNA is just sitting here, is like you know, turn me into a fucking monster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's fucking crazy. Right. Okay, but yeah, but I understand. I understand. So you got episode two. What was that? Archangel. Archangel. Yeah, Archangel. Was, uh, I thought Archangel was dope. That was Jodie Foster, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, I, I thought that one was dope. That was creative as fuck. Yeah. Um, because I see stuff like that can happen. It's it's happening now. Yeah. It's just I felt like with Black Mirror, there's always gonna be that extreme that that little extreme to it. It's like, come on, like, yeah, I wanna be able to track my child, but I don't wanna see what my child is doing. I yeah, don't wanna see through my child's eyes. Especially when she got to the point where she looked and the old girl was getting it in. And like, doing <sighs> cocaine? Like I don't wanna see this. Yeah. Like and then it's just the whole invasion of privacy. It's like you're already saying that you don't you don't trust that I can, you know, be an adult on my own or even be a child on my own to the point where you want to restrict what I see because of my cortisone levels. That's fucking, <laughs> that's insane. Like she couldn't see the dog barking or, or, or blood or anything, any kind of violence like that. Like that was, that was a problem. And I, I was like, you know, those are things you need to experience in life. You know, you I do. mean, you try, you you try to, to keep it to, you know, experience it at an older age when they can process it. But those are things you need to see and experience so that you know that these things can happen. That's why she ended up being a fucked up grown up. She ended up being fucked up grown up because like, you, she never seen, for instance, I, I mean, this wasn't in the in the episode, but like, she never seen a gun. That's true. So like, if, if somebody shows her a gun, you know, and bang, the bang, curiosity bang, is yeah, there. The curiosity yeah. is there at a late age. The curiosity should have been there at thirteen. Like you, your curious, your most curious moments. You deserve to have those in your adolescent stages when you're still curious at eighteen, nineteen. You kind of you gonna you gotta expect those kind of things. It's. That was a that was a deep ass episode. It, and it, and I and I think I think even with that episode, it was like you've lived your life. I know. Don't don't live mine. Let me live mine. Parents have that. That's a parents have that god complex too. I, I mean, and, and I mean, I know that it's always in the best interest of the child. I'm trying to you know make sure you don't have to experience any bad things like that. But those bad things teach you lessons. You no. gotta experience them. I don't. I don't stop my son from from experiencing none of that bad shit. He's gonna experience it. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Like I try to put him in a position where he can think himself out of those situations better than I did when I was you know his age. But for the most part, I'm not trying to mask him or shield him from the the sad the sad realities of the world. I mean. We stay in such a cupcake society now that, I mean, these kids are saying that Friends is <laughs> is a, a homophobic, transphobic show. Like, how pussyfied are these? I don't even. Like, I, think I, can't, just, I can't even mentally process Friends being homophobic either. or transphobic at all. I'm thinking about. Of all, I don't even think trans people exist. They didn't. 
And, I don't if, even, and if they did, they was very low key. Yeah, I, th- I think there was an episode where the here and there where where Chandler probably dressed up as a woman or some more. Who who knows? The point is, how soft are how soft is this younger generation? And where is this generation? Like, where is the marker of this generation that they're always, you know, you know, taking stats on? Like, because they're throwing the word millennial around, but I'm just like, really, what age group are y'all dealing with? I'm confused. Because I, I, I know for a fact that I, I grew up and I saw episodes of Friends. So all of a sudden, somebody my age just all of a sudden woke up and was like, that show is homophobic? Can't, can't, can't be. It had to be somebody that's... that's, that's it's kind of like, kind of like when the zodiac signs change. They was like, oh, you know, if you're born within this span, your your zodiac is now. This is like somebody coming along who has been educated or taught or whatever, what have you, based on what's happening now, and is, and they're like, okay, based on based on everything that's happened in the world from this point till now, this is you know transphobic, homophobic, or whatever. But the thing is, slavery is always going to be bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like that's always that's not going to change. That is amazing, man. I just I don't know what they're teaching these kids in school anymore. Like, uh, it's it's interesting to me because there has to be a reason for them to want to soften up society. Like they're be, they're making it they're making it soft for a reason. They're clearly about to come at us with something, and we should be we should be well aware. Like. How? Why the excessive need to push men to to have to sleep with other men? Like, why do you want to turn men into into to homosexuals? Why why do you, why do you want to make that okay when the main purpose for having sex is reproduction? Exactly. Like, why is that? Why are, why are we trying to make that okay? That's so weird to me, huh? I, I once again I can, I'm gonna say this pretty much all in 2018. I don't know, and I think the answer when we finally get it is gonna be scary. We may not get it today, we may not get it next year, but eventually, the reason society is getting worse, they they definitely have a plan because that's the thing with big corporations. That's the thing with these big governments. That's the things with these elitists, these globalists, these one percenters. They always are thinking ahead. Yeah. It's not just about now. And that's what our problem is. It's like, we always just worried about now. Niggas will run up a credit card now. <laughs> like, really? Well, they'll run it up now, I'll pay it later. Yeah, you know, but most cats that's, you know, grabbing a, you know, grabbing a credit card, they're being strategic with it. They know what they're actually using that credit card for. Like, people went up in arms when, you know, they hear the Jay-Z line about, you know, credit. But it was like... Y'all didn't understand what credit was before 444? <laughs> I'm confused. Like, You haven't tried to finance anything, and then they say, oh, you have no credit, <laughs> which is basically like having bad credit because we don't know if you pay stuff back. You, you know, you see what happens when you have no role model at home and you have to go to Sean Carter to be your, <laughs> to be your financial advisor? You have to go to a millionaire. Wow. That nigga ain't worried about your money no, at all. No. And, and I know if Sean Carter was to become president, He's not going to be looking out for my best interest because we're not in the same tax bracket. Nope. People don't understand that. No. Just because this is somebody that you like, you think y'all have stuff in common. <laughs> That's why I say you never want to want to really meet these celebrities because you might find out these people are just assholes. They savages, man. Yeah. Like these are the same people that you can't approach them unless you're either paying to approach them, um, you're you look a certain way, or you know they don't have their bodyguards with them. Like these people don't like you. Like people be 
People be so obsessed and so, oh, I love Drake. That nigga Drake don't care about you unless you got double D's, you light-skinned, and you got a Jamaican accent. You know, you better you better be bringing something to the table that Drake could fondle you over, or he better be able to make money off of you somehow. And it better be quick. Like, quick. These, these celebrities don't give a fuck about you. Like, nobody wants to, nobody wants to, Nobody wants to accept that because it's it's the hard truth, and because this society that we live in is so soft. They literally, they wake up thinking that, oh, you know, oh Chris Brown, that's my best friend in my head, huh? <laughs> in my head, like like people say, oh, oh sh- sh- happy birthday, shout out to Chris Brown on, on on your social media. Like Chris Brown ain't come across looking at your shit. Chris Brown don't give a fuck about your mm-hmm. happy birthday shout out. Chris Brown low key doesn't worry about if you. As a single person, bought a ticket he like doesn't. you. He doesn't. Now, if you you and a hundred and fifty of your friends didn't buy a ticket, he might feel he a little might bit. feel a, a certain type but of way. But then again, I guarantee you that I, 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 you still pack what ten thousand in there, ten twenty thousand. So that one fifty is just kind of like, eh. these promoters know what they're doing. Oh yeah, they they most of the time. When was the last time you heard of a show from a major artist like that not selling out? They're gonna push those tickets. Either radio shows, either radio stations are gonna give them away, or they're literally being sold genuinely. You know that's just how it works. It, come on, like for real. People really think that if they're not getting black money, then then somebody not getting no money. Like really, pretty sure Kid Rock is doing pretty fine, and Marilyn Manson is doing pretty well without black money. Fine. Just I'm fine. just saying. Catch a lot of black people ain't going to Tommy Bahama, and I know for a fact that motherfucker's flourishing. <laughs> he good, bro. I pulled up to an intersection by my house the other day, and I was sitting there, man, and I'm like I'm looking at the architecture, and I'm looking at all the signs, and I'm just like, "Fuck, it's a lot of businesses right here." And out of all these businesses I'm looking at, there's not one black business. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if there was a black business, would I go to it? Two, and since there isn't a black business, am I wrong for not searching or going out of my way to find one? See, that's the thing. See, when it, when it comes to stuff like that, you have to have some knowledge. I had an aunt and a cousin who started their black-owned businesses. Okay. One was a coffee shop. One was like a cycle class, a spin class. Okay. They were right next door to each other. Okay. It was a horrible location. Oh. And I told them, like, that's a horrible location. Cause what, is, what, what defines a horrible location? I, accessibility. Oh, okay. And the, the location that they were at, you had to literally be going there. Uh, it wasn't on the way to anything. So they, 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 they did it with the intentions that their clientele was going to come to them. Right. That's and what you, a lot of people and, do. And you have no name. Ah, you can't do that. And then they did poor research. Like, first of all, my aunt, she was like, you know, could you be my accountant? And I was like, that's a full-time job, ma'am. And I just can't do that at my leisure for free for you. <laughs> I like the way you... That was real politically correct. I I'd have been like, fuck no. <laughs> I, I can't, no. And so she was like, you know, oh, well, Jay, do I need to get um, one of the things where I can take card payments? So I don't know. Do you anticipate taking car payments? Oh, well, yeah, I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, how many car payments do you think that you're going to be taking? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I say, well, you know, what, what uh, is there another coffee shop in town? 
yeah. Well, I said, well, you know, go in there and ask them, you know, what their what their it's called merchant services. You know, I was like, you know, ask them what, what their merchant services go. Well, well, can't you do that? I cannot because this, <laughs> because this is not my business. I cannot. This is not my business. Like, I'm not going to do this legwork for your business, and I'm not, like, I have no skin in the game. Gotcha. So it doesn't matter to me. And I even told her, I was like, you know, all right, you know, this is going to be your business. You know, where's your capital? What's capital? See, this lets me know right now. This ain't for you. And I say, I say, I say, capital is the money that you have when you're not making money. Uh-huh. I say, your income is what you make. Yeah. Your expenses are what you pay. Uh-huh. Your retained earnings are what you have left over. Uh-huh. Or your net income. Either way, whichever way you look at it. Then that net income becomes your capital. Because now that's money that you have that's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. She didn't understand this whole concept. Like, you don't understand business. Then this isn't for you. Like, you have to be able to understand business. And a lot of black people don't understand business because we don't own businesses. We, and when we get to businesses and we work at businesses, we're on the low level of those businesses. We literally have the talent, but we don't have the, the, the business acumen. Right. That's scary. Right. Like I know, like I said, I mean, I have, a, I have about two black-owned restaurants by me that I go to from time to time. Um, they're decently ran. They don't, they don't, the businesses aren't frequented. Like I, would, I mean, I think they're in bad areas. I think if you have a black business, it should be in a black area. It's that simple. Um, you, white, go, you go to where you know. Yeah, white people will appreciate it once they get to it because they're like, oh, fuck, it got seasoning in it, so I'm fucking with it. But, <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait, there's more than salt and pepper? <laughs> exactly, so it's like, you're going to win when once everybody comes in there. Uh, prime example, the success of Black Panther right now has nothing to do with, with it being just, a, it's, it's a black movie, but the fact that it's black people and white people coming together, putting their money together, it's making it that much more successful. See, every other Marvel movie, it was about white people supporting it as usual, and your, you know, and your casual probably, you know, black fans that were gonna go watch it regardless. You're your real movie fans. Black Panther is attracting, how do I say it, fans that are never gonna probably go see another Marvel movie again unless Black Panther is in it or it's a Black Panther movie. You know, so... Yeah, it's, it's nothing about the story of Black no, Panther. Of course. I guarantee you, 80% of the people that go watch this movie, they're just simply going to like it because it's, it's a black guy in a, in a costume running around beating up people. And it's funny because he's going to be beating up a black person. But anyways... Uh, black on black crime. Yeah, yeah, we, we love it, bro. We love it. Um, but, but my point is, you, you could get... The success of a business is all about the unity of the community. The, that business is going to flourish when everybody fucks with it. If you're only targeting one audience, you're probably going to fail. I've watched plenty of TV shows fail because they only target one audience. I've seen plenty of restaurants fail because they only target one audience. Uh, I kind of think some parts of businesses are just it's just common sense. I mean, I think if you wanted to have a you know a jump into an easy business, you know you know do a seasonal business, you know like a snow cone like a snow cone shack or something like that because. It's, it doesn't, how do I say, it doesn't alienate anybody. Who doesn't want a snow cone? I mean, I don't want one right now because it's cold as fuck. <laughs> but um, I think my son would. But, uh, <laughs> he don't feel the type of way at all. He don't, he don't give a damn. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there are ways, because I think some people are just 
hungry to not have to work for somebody. And I, my advice to them would be, if you're going to start a business, like you said, you're definitely going to want to, you know, think about where you're going, the location, what you're selling. You know, what's what's the marketing behind it? Yeah. You know, what are you, are you selling coffee because that's the demand or are you selling coffee because you want to sell coffee? Now, if you're selling coffee because you, you, you want to sell coffee, coffee, yeah. If you're selling coffee because you want to sell coffee, don't expect to make money. There's some people out there that Because you, like you, you just wanted a hobby. Now, if there's a demand for a coffee shop, oh, yeah. I'm out here for money. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's some people out there that make, they think their peanut butter and jelly sandwich is the, the shit, which is fine. Your peanut butter and jelly sandwich might be amazing. But. Everybody ain't eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich, no matter how amazing it is. So, therefore, you're going to have to put some fluff around it. Yeah. You're going to have to have people want to come in there for something other than just peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, if you know what I'm saying. And, yeah, that coffee, you said it was a coffee and a cyclist? Well, was, yeah, my, my other cousin, she, wanted, she did like a spin class. More my aunt and my cousin, she did a spin class. That was, that's, that's, that's intriguing. Okay. And she, did, she, she actually did well for a while. It's just, it was hard to stay afloat? It's just hard to stay afloat, yeah. Mm, okay. Because, okay. I mean, people exercise. Is, exercise is really seasonal. Honestly. Especially in the area she is, exercise is very seasonal. Honestly. You would get, uh, see, it's the beginning of the year, you would get that influx of people, and they'd last about six weeks, but then, you know, then you just fall back to the regulars. And I I think what, what would have helped her, you know, because kind of, hindsight's twenty twenty. hey, you got to do a membership for three months. At least I know that I'm guaranteed that I'm going to get this out of you for three months. I so mean, when you sign up in January, I know I'm going to get this from January, February, and March. So when I see my numbers start dipping in February, I know, okay, I got March. I already got March payments secured. I need to get new clients. I need to do something. To, for March, yeah. yeah, yeah. To, so that, so that makes sure that something. April, May, and June are, and so are forth. Are secured, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, but then again... I don't own a business either, so I don't know how easy that stuff is. I'm saying it's easy from my perspective. Just using common sense. But with her running it, you know, it may not have seemed like that. Something I learned in therapy, you know, really looking at somebody, looking at it from somebody else's perspective. I'm applying these skills that I'm learning, my friend. I like that. I like that. Do you think that you would take the advice of this therapist the same way if, let's just say, you're getting relationship advice from this therapist, but if you knew she was single a divorcee, would you still appreciate her advice? I would still appreciate it, but I still I take it with a grain of salt. I still take it to, with a grain of salt right now. Uh-huh. Like, you know, when I go to church and I hear a pastor say this, this, and this, and this, I take that with a grain of salt because I know that you didn't walk this straight line your whole life. And I can't, you know, I don't have any evidence, but I just know that life is tough and you haven't made the right call every day of your life. Speaking of church, you just woke up beef. <laughs> Mind, mind you, we went completely away from the black. I mean, the black mirror conversation. Oh, we'll get back to that. Oh, we haven't been here. In a, what? Come on. It, it's, it's been a while. It's the fourteenth day of the year. It's, I think they missed us. They should. I hope so. Uh, on your birthday, you were pretty intoxicated. I was very intoxicated and on my birthday. You were talking about a church, a local church yeah. in the city. Yeah. And. Y'all mentioned that it was a scandal at this church. There was a scandal at that church, yes. And I'm guessing that. the scandal has to do with the pastor having a, a side chick and then having a, well, I have friends that don't like when I say side chick, so I'm just going to say. Wait, if you're not a side chick, what are you? A mistress. Oh. I guess that's a more classy way of just saying that you're a whore on the side. Mm, okay, but, um, sign of the times. Yeah. You got you to gotta coddle these people. You know, like. 
Nobody wants to I'm be. I'm not putting any LOLs after anything in 2018, <laughs> man. Unless I'm, and I, unless I really found it funny. Not putting any. I'm not. I'm not sugarcoating. Like I'm not trying to downplay it for your feelings at all. Like if I say if I say some some shit that's risque, it's just gonna be risque. If I say some shit that's gonna sting, it's just gonna sting. I'm not gonna say, oh, you're such an asshole. LOL. You're such an asshole. <laughs> you asshole. I think, you're, I think you're such an asshole, you asshole. Yeah, I, I think I laugh at people because it's just funny. I'm laughing at them like you're a piece of shit, and it's like <laughs> LOL. It's like I'm really laughing at you. But yeah, I feel you though. But um, I found it interesting because this church leader is leading a congregation, and as he leads this congregation, everybody is following him, knowing that he is currently a flawed individual. And yet they're taking his teachings, like, how do I say, tart? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess you, you know you have those people in church that that eat and breathe and poop out what the pastor says. <laughs> so you you there are some people in there, yeah. I mean, I guess I mean obviously I'm not perfect, but as I'm doing this no boundaries podcast, I expect you to be perfect. Uh, as I do this no boundaries podcast, I don't say anything to where it's like. I put myself on a high pedestal. But pastors now, I've sat in a few churches in my time, believe it or not. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say. And um, I, never, I never really get that from a pastor. Like, they hit me with, you know, well, I was here, you know, I was low, I was that. And even if, I just wonder, did that pastor talk about the situation to his congregation at the time? That I don't know. You know, and I just kind of find it weird that it's like y'all are going out of your way to go talk to a, a lying sack of shit, and you could pretty much just go to a homeless guy on the side of the road that's fucking schizophrenic, and he's gonna tell you a bunch of stuff about the Bible too. I'm just saying, cause the thing that in 2018, one thing that I, I promised myself I was gonna do more was um. I definitely was going to read a lot more. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that I have chosen you know, to read were some religious things. And um, things that have caught my mind already, you know, while I was saying, I, obviously I had time to fucking read, although I was dozing off on a lot of books that I was reading. Um, I find it... Because reading relaxes your mind. Definitely. It, I mean, reading, it takes energy. It's brain power. Definitely. Um, I find it interesting that out of all the religions, I mean, like, when you're reading them, it seems like you almost need somebody to, like, you need, like, a fucking interpreter to, like, relay it to you. Like, like you need Bible study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I know a lot of people that go to church don't go to Bible study. It's like, oh, what are you going to church for? <laughs> I would rather go to a Bible study than the church. I would have, you know, and the more you learn about the Bible, I think... I think the more you learn about the Bible and the more open-minded you are, things can go a lot, a lot, you know, it can, it can go one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, it can get very interesting for a lot of people. But anyways, I just found it interesting when y'all brought it up that day, you know, before you died. Before you died. Um, no, but anyways, died. we got to episode two, two of Black Mirror. So episode three now. That was Crocodile, right? What the fuck? Crocodile was an interesting episode. That wasn't three? I can't remember if it was three or... Well, yeah, it had to be three because four is obviously... Yeah. So, Crocodile... 
Huh. What was what, what was what the fuck was wrong with her? Well, they accidentally killed that person. And then No, 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 no. I understand. Oh, what was wrong with her? <laughs> Who made her like that? She, she was out here acting totally she different. Was <laughs> First of all, see, I I think I think if I had to rank all the episodes, Crocodile was probably my least favorite because really because it was kind of like how do you overpower this grown man? Man, like you, when she overpowered that grown man, I was like, okay. he was drunk. I think he was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but then again, man, adrenaline is a beast, man. When somebody's terrified, uh, I guess what, what Punisher said. Pissed off, be scared any day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I don't know. I I can understand how that. I'm surprised you said that's your least favorite. I I, I I think that that had to be my least favorite. Okay, I think that technology part was super invasive again. Yeah, I'm yeah, like time definitely. out. Okay, if I choose not, to, what kind of what world? What is this world coming to? And that they that that's what Black Mirror believes. They believe that one day we're not going to be able to tell a police officer, no, you cannot go inside my brain <laughs> and see what I saw. Right. That's what we're coming to. That's why they're trying to soften us up. They're trying to make all of us gay so we just be like, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, stick it in our heads. No. If that's how you're going to find out. Golly, you're not about to stick anything in my brain. I don't want any implants. <sighs> nah, bruh. I have to say no. Eventually, I gotta say no, man. Yeah, you, enough. Like you, enough is enough. Eventually, man. Yeah, it's like I'm not really a fan of the VR shit. Like, nah, bro, nah. And I'm not really, I'm not a fan of all the. Um, uh, anyways, yeah. Episode three was 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 very interesting, and I just feel like um, they ain't nowhere in the world. As a reporter, I'm gonna dig that deep. I think she should have got to a point where you're like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm, I'm doing my job too good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she was acting like she was a police officer. The minute somebody tells me that they're gonna they say no, I'm gone to come back with the police officer. Mm-hmm. Because if you ain't got nothing to hide, why are you saying no? Point made. I'm going to the police. We can get we can do all we can do this together. Yeah. You good? All right, I'll be back. <laughs> Cause it just makes sense. It's common sense. Mm-hmm. And when people are in work mode, I guess they just, you know, common sense leaves them. I don't know, but fuck that. I'm not, <laughs> I don't do my job. I don't take my job that serious. Uh, I don't know. I, I do I do my job well enough to keep it and advance oh. if needed. There you go. I think that should, that's the American way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing my job well enough to keep it. Uh, Trump is doing well, that. Well, I'm not saying that as, on my behalf. I'm saying that's what the American way is. I love my job. If anybody that you know supervise me is listening I love my job just saying just saying the episode 4 hang the DJ easily my favorite episode okay okay and it was my favorite because again like everything that's a favorite to me relates to me at a point in time in life and these two people clearly had a connection talking about there's 7 episodes is there 7? because there's a teddy bear yeah. There's Metalhead, and then there's the last episode. Wait, re- remind me what Metalhead is? Metalhead is a dog. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I seven of them. I didn't realize that. Damn, I keep saying six episodes. Anyways. Yeah, but this one was my favorite because, like, you know, here are two people clearly into each other, and then, like, based off 
whatever this algorithm is, you know, they go their separate ways. It's like, you can tell that he was like, you know, damn, I really hung up on her. And she kind of moved on because she met the, the guy that, you know, gave her the mind-blowing orgasm or whatever and shit like that. But then after that, she just ran through some dicks, man. <laughs> I think that's a direct... I think that she episode... She ran through some dicks, man. Wow. That's, that's the only way I can describe it is that she ran When she had that out-of-body experience, I was like, I know so many females going through that right now. I they get addicted to the orgasm? Not, no. When she had that out-of-body out of body experience, it wasn't about sex anymore. She just realized it was like, what am I doing with myself? Mm-hmm. I want more than this. You know, like, yeah, she was addicted to the orgasms, but she already knew it was going to stop eventually. Yeah. So the reason that episode to me, why that episode was so important to me was because it's a direct parallel of what's going on right now. We live in a society where for the last four or five years, we've come across this sexual revolution where we're just pretty much just, you know, fucking here and there, fucking with this person here and there. And then eventually we may find that one. I mean, we, we've had a, a flurry of people that are about to get married that we know personally. Yeah. And maybe, and, and I know for a fact that <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know that cats is just, cats have a past. Everybody has Every, a everybody past. Everybody has a past, people, absolutely. Yeah. And, that's, and that's funny because that episode just made it more in your face. But there is no way in the world that you're about to marry somebody and you think that they haven't had sex with at least five or six people before you and they're damn near 30. Come on. Yeah. In this day and age, yeah. let's and, just be honest. And, and, then, and then you kill yourself thinking about those things. Why? Like you, like I can't, I can't look and see like, damn, this girl done had slept with like five people, man. But then you look and see how many people you done slept with, even if your number is just four or five. Like you can't sit there and say, nah, I don't know, she didn't slept with too many people. What the fuck have you been doing? Come on, I'm just, <laughs> what the fuck have you been doing? So, so that's what I'm saying. So without me directly, you know, cr- you know, criminalizing anybody, just saying the common sense is there, and that show, that episode right there, put it out there. It's like. You know for a fact that your person is in this dating market. And in this dating market It's very it, competitive. It's it's competitive and it's a ninety eight point it's a ninety eight point eight percent chance. Yeah. yeah or was I think it, no, it's ninety nine point eight percent chance. Yeah, I think that's what the five So was. so with that ninety nine point eight percent success rate of you of them finding you a match, you know, it's it took some time. It was it's probably some people in it there takes time. for at least seven, eight years. And that's that's life, literally. But it's so many people out there that are obsessed with the fact that, oh, when I'm 31, I should be getting married. No, that's not the case. I, th- I think I think what 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 it really addressed for me is that, uh, like you just mentioned, like with the day and age that we're in right now, a lot of people aren't doing the commitment thing. No, you got these you got these hookup situationships where you know when you're in town or whatever, you hook up with this person, yeah. but y'all really don't exclusively date. And then you will try to exclusively date somebody, but you don't get rid of your hookups. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying you hooking up with them because y'all probably have an understanding that, oh, you know, well, I'm in a relationship. Of course, we're not hooking up. Or, you know, you're in a relationship. Of course, we're not hooking up. And you just kind of keep them in bay because whenever you get single again and they get single again, you go back to that. You never make the full transition to wanting to be into a committed relationship all the time. And I think that's that's something that, we just kind of wake up one day and be like, oh, yeah, I'm this age. This is what I should be doing. No, not necessarily. Like, it, you need if you're going to be in a fully committed relationship, I feel you make that decision before you get to the relationship. Like, I want to be committed. 
if you don't want to be committed and the other person does and you kind of waiting to see get into the relationship and see if this is really is then you're you're messing with this person's time i think you you know when you start in a relationship it's kind of like all right i need to know if this is a fully committed relationship are we dating or are we in a relationship cuz i find them to be two very different things of course cuz you can date numerous people at one time yeah as you see and you can be in a i feel that you should only be in a relationship with one person i had to change that around i got you I got <laughs> but you i feel like you should only be in a relationship with one person of course and that episode pointed out to me that you had two people i mean you had a whole matrix full of people that they wanted to commit but meanwhile they were going to do what they had to do in order to get by. Yeah. I, it was kind of clear that some some people in there was just, you know, just wanted to get mass. Yeah. Clearly. And then it was it was people in there that, you know, they, they entered this matrix because they knew that eventually they were going to find the one. And I think the, the the most beautiful part of that episode, obviously, was they took that leap of, you know, they took that leap of faith because that was the answer. And, um, and I think that's something hard, too, is like realizing that I need to take this leap of faith. Yeah. It's like, you know, everything isn't going to come to you in a black and white sign like this is the next step. Yeah. It's going to be scary. It is. And you're just going to have to you you're just going to have to believe in your partner and believe in yourself and you're going to have to take that leap. And I and I told you this from the jump. I said there are some people out there like myself that don't mind admitting that, you know, I, I'm not interested right now. I'm not out. I'm not on the dating. I'm not on the dating market. I'm not putting myself in positions where I'm speed dating or I'm on Tinder or Plenty of Fish or whatever. I'm not putting myself in those positions. So unless I'm going out there actually trying to court women, I don't feel like. How do I say this? I don't feel like I'm in danger of wasting anybody's time because I think. Most people from the jump know when they're dating somebody or when they meet somebody, they're like, okay, this person's serious. He's a potential mate. They want to go there. They want to take it there. Like, And then you meet a guy and you're like, okay, this nigga, he just trying to smash. You know those differences by now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, it's a possibility you're in denial. Just saying. There's no way that you've made it this far and been dating. Yeah, and then you don't understand these signs. You don't see these signs. You can tell when somebody is trying to be committed to you, and somebody is trying to smash. I think. I think that's another thing that I, I learned from 2017, and I was bringing it to 2018. It's like if I sense that a person is full of shit, I, I will. I will cut ties with them quickly because it's not worth the headache. Real talk. It's like everybody talks this good game as if they're. they're how do I say this? No, nobody wants to play the gender roles anymore. You know what I mean? Like, men don't want to be men no more. Women don't want to be women anymore. So, as a man, I'm sitting here being straight up blunt with the woman, you know, saying, hey, this is what I'm about. Because people are going to be so quick to say, hey, if you're just trying to have sex, you need to just say this. You need, you know, you're trying to do this, you need to just do this. But then when you say that, what the, what are they going to say? If they oh, like you. You know, you're this, that, whatever, you know. If they it, like you. If they like you. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna sit there and bullshit you and act like, oh yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Your, I'm changing your mind. I'm changing your but mind. But low key, they're gonna think they're gonna try to change your mind. They're gonna get their feelings hurt. So I've already told myself that when I send stuff like that, I'm running away. It's not worth the headache. Mm -hmm. And more, I hope, I hope more people are are man enough or even woman enough to say, you know, hey, I'm not gonna be able to do that because I know how my mind is set up. If more people would say, I can't be what you need me to be. Straight up. And stop. 
the key is to stop. Like people will say, I can't be what I want you to be, but want me to be, but I'm going to continue to show you a lot of things. And then when I get ready to bounce, you know, I've built, I've built this safety valve for me so I can fall back. But you know, that goes both ways. If they tell you they're not going to be what you need them to be, you should stop as well. You know, take, listen, take words at face value. Basically. Something else that I learned. You oh, know, yeah, you yeah. you can you can read behind him like, oh well, no, he really don't mean that, or she really don't talk like that. But you have to take those words at face value. No matter how you feel, you have to say, okay, this is what they said. So I have to I have to look at it like this is what they meant. Straight up. And if they weren't communicating directly as they possibly could, that's on them. Because what I read, what I took the emotion out of and read is that this is what they wanted. Straight up. But yeah, like I said, that was that was a unique episode. I, I really hope you know people out there open minded enough to to watch a to watch a show like Black Mirror because I know a lot of people they ain't watching shit unless it's trending, and they ain't watching shit unless it's just you know somebody in a in a beauty salon talking about it or in a barbershop talking about it. You know, so you know, I kind of feel like we 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 in this community we get bombarded with so much gossip filled bullshit that it's actually fun to see something you know mind tickling once in a while that's just yeah. that's just me not not sitting there waiting for somebody to fight or waiting oh, for somebody God. to cry or wait for some drama to pop up that's just my opinion but um, the next episode I want to say was Metalhead was um, a lot of people don't understand what the episode was about but I think that episode was more of an ode to The Shining um, and, and so well not necessarily The Shining but kind of a Bates Motel, like the original, mm -hmm. or Psycho, I mean. And I just kind of felt like that episode was important just to show humanity has gotten to the point where there are big wigs at the top that are just trying to eradicate society and is making a game out of it by just putting out these fucking metal dogs. <laughs> dog, that dog was fucking vicious. Bruh. I'm like, wow. I felt like I was watching Terminator. Yeah, basically. And, and in your head, you're like, this thing has to be easy to kill. It's just, a, it doesn't even look. That's what the crazy part was. It was so simple. It was such a simple looking machine. That shit was everything but. And then when you get to the end, you say like, man, they just after a box of teddy bears? Yeah, but that, but that reason, but it's, oh, okay. The reason they were after that box of teddy bears, you understand why they were after that box, right? You just shook your head, but you didn't say if you you didn't realize that the whole time when she kept calling and she kept saying, you know, basically, you know, sorry, I'm not gonna be able to get it to him. Basically what happened was she was talking to somebody, she basically was talking to her kids or kids at an orphanage, and they they didn't have anything soft like that anymore. Mm -hmm. They because they, they had lived in a world where all that stuff had been taken away from them. So she that that crew that she was with had locked their eyes on this warehouse where they knew that they kept these teddy bears because they... It, they had been eradicated from the world. Basically. So the world was so fucked up that kids didn't have teddy bears. So they risked their lives to go get these teddy bears and they end up being a part of a fucking uh, world, world end game. Bro, and then at the end when like the she, you know, killed the one and then just shot it all in her face and like, and then she seen the bling and like, oh, they're coming. <sighs> More, it took me so much to kill this one, yeah. and more are coming. Yeah, it was it was crucial. And then uh, I want to say the next episode was the one where 
Um, with the implant, the, with the, the impl- mental yeah, implant. That shit was crazy. Yeah, I, there was no way in hell I would have agreed to that. I don't see, listen, <laughs> understand, audience. First of all, he goes out one night, he meets this girl, he has a one night stand, and this one night stand leads to them having a child. After they have this child, I guess they're in love, they think they're in love, and they're just having a night in a town, and she ends up basically getting killed because she gets hit by a bus while she was taking a, you know, a photo of them. So she's on her deathbed, basically, and this guy comes in, and he, you know, he asks him, okay, yeah, this guy comes yeah, yeah, in, right. and he asks him, he's like, you know, hey, I got this experiment going, and if you're interested, I can basically preserve your wife, your wife's life. And, um, and he didn't realize how drastic, this is serious. You're literally implanting the to me, the conscience of your loved one into your mind so they can experience everything that you go through while they're technically non-existent. So, as with most Black Mirror episodes, you realize that... <laughs> all, all, good de- all good ideas don't, don't go that way. They don't at all. And, um, yeah, it, it, it just got to the point where he couldn't handle her. Yeah, he could. <laughs> then he found out that he could pause her. <laughs> Man. <laughs> then he paused her. She's like, how long have you been on pause? He's like, two weeks. <laughs> uh, I think she was on pause for like three months. I think the first time it was two weeks, and then the next time it was like three months. <clears throat> but like, yeah. Because yeah, she, was, well, she was like, oh, Halloween's, you know, this many weeks away. It's like, actually, it's today. Yeah. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but in my mind, <clears throat> I was like, man, I wonder how many women he had fucked with in that short period of time that, you know, she was locked away. That she she was paused on? Man, that was fucked up. And then... I think, I think, I think, I don't, I don't even know what's worse, like having her on pause and putting in the teddy bear because, I mean, you know a child's going to outgrow a teddy bear. Like, like, are you just going to keep putting her into inanimate objects? Like, <laughs> Did you see that connection? What, with the teddy bears? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was, it, it's funny because towards the end of that season, it started connecting. Yeah, everything started to fall yeah, and fall like, in line. That last episode, it was funny because when she was well, the last episode of Black Museum. This was a part of Black Museum. Was it all I, this Black Museum? Because that was the same Because he guy. had he had like stories, like he had where they put the 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 helmet on where the guy could feel other people's pain and I'm he sure got that addicted was the same to it. Episode. It so all it became one episode. Okay, that's why it was just that that, that last episode. He he told like those two or three stories. Yeah, that was that was a long ass story though. Yeah, that was long. Yeah, that's, right. I, that's, that's why right. I felt like it was a, a, its own episode. Okay, damn, I knew I wasn't tripping. So so, but to me, the the teddy bear aspect was still was still special because you could tell that towards the end of that Black Museum episode, you could tell that where the world had gone, like, he was in a museum in the middle of nowhere, and it just got, it had that same type of vibe as the Metalhead episode, and if you if you looked in the Black Museum, you saw the lollipop in there. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it. You didn't see the lollipop in there? Oh, yeah, he, she, uh, he had the Star Trek machine in there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he had, what is it called, the USS Canister or something like that? Yeah, he had that machine in there. It was, it was a well laid out season, but I think it was an episode for everybody. I think, and I think, um, I think when it's all said and done, season three is still going to be that season. Season two and three are still going to be those seasons that people yeah. are going to be like, yeah, that's what made that whole series. I was, I was listening to a, a po- another podcast where they broke it down. He's like, you know, if you look at, like, to put a list of the episodes, he's like, and you write down your favorite three, 
most of the time, two of those three episodes are going to match the pre- the person you're sitting next to. Oh, yeah. Because they're just like those classic episodes that just kind of define the series. I, I, w- I would actually like to go back and like revisit a couple of them. Because I was, I was actually surprised when I realized. If I revisit, I want to watch them with somebody that didn't watch them at all. I know. Like, I want I want to sit down that. with somebody that, that hasn't seen anything and, and just kind of see how they react and see if I would I reacted the same. That's way. what Jamarcus Jamarcus said. Like when you watch it with somebody, it's always going to start a conversation. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's I feel like those when you watch shows like that, that's that's what you want. Like we don't have those type of things in society anymore that we can appreciate anymore because it's either shit is just flat and it's just like you're either laughing or you're not. Or, you know, you get shows like this where you can actually think and have conversations about it. But these shows are rare, mm-hmm. you know. But anyways, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Dev- oh, yeah. Was I, I, good, was, I wasn't disappointed at all. Yeah, it was, no, no. It was a good, uh, it was a good end to uh, 2017. Um, 2018 so far, like I said, I, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm out here just trying to right my wrongs. <laughs> Trying to write my wrongs, drink more water, and do better. Oh, that's God. that's all I'm doing right now. I have no choice but to drink water. <laughs> you about to die. Huh. It's 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 interesting uh, the shit that you do when you're just under the weather. Like you're just the shit that you think about. <laughs> I was thinking about when was the last hashtag we had as far as a black person being shot. Mm, I haven't seen one in a while. Huh. I don't think it's been one in a trip at all. No, we we've just had the, had the the Me Too. That was the last hashtag. Uh, last hashtag I did see was the Me Too hashtag. So for eight years under a black president, we had a bunch of cops killing blacks. Under a white president, that is technically or allegedly uh, a rapist or a, a person that commits sexual assault on women. Grabs him by the vagina. <laughs> Do you call it just, or is that just a sexual assaulter, or is there an official name for it? I, I guess you just call him a rapist. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing that's crazy to me because like that's a pretty you know hostile claim to call somebody a rapist, bro. Very like, like that is that's, that's extreme. That's, like if you put that stigma on somebody, you guilty or innocent. Like you don't get that off of you. No. Like that stigma stinks. Just and like being just a cop like, killer. It's like being a, a, a being a cop killer. Like being somebody that uses uh, brutal force when you're a cop. Mm-hmm. You're never gonna be able to let that go. Yeah. I mean, you'll you know you'll be able to just hide in your community, but I can only imagine what some of those people are going through. You know that killed these innocent blacks. Like they probably tucked off somewhere. Or you have witness to pre- witness protection programs. Or you or you're one of them like majority majority white communities where you can. You know, where it's understood, like, it's like, okay, we can see your viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's a, uh, I was actually going to pose that question on Instagram, like, just just wondering, like. Oh, people don't read that shit, Yeah, people man. don't read. That's why I don't, I've, I've given up. Like I said, I've given up on society. I'm literally here doing this show just to, chrono, just to have a chronological way of keeping up with my year. I mean, we're gonna do stuff. I'm here to do this show as my second form of therapy. Oh, exactly, it's fun. I, re- I really do get a- get anxiety when I don't record this. Like, so this is my second form of therapy. This is this is fun. Yeah, absolutely. and um, I, I I can really give a fuck about what anybody thinks now because <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Like, we've given stuff away. You know, shout out to people that you know actually respond and actually care. But um, it's so funny how when you want to better yourself. And it doesn't necessarily benefit somebody else. 
how many people will turn their back on you. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious to me. And but at the end of the day, like I, I enjoy being by myself. You know, like you don't you don't need that many friends. People fail to realize that, and that's that's what that's what's making people so. That's why anxiety is increased across the board for so many people because we live we live in times where if people aren't getting a certain amount of views or a certain amount of likes, they feel useless. Yeah, definitely. It's like I can like give this, a fuck. This, oh, this post wasn't wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. Oh. I typically do one fifty. This one came in at about twenty three. I still I, I would if I got a two thousand followers and I'm averaging one hundred fifty likes, I, I question that. Regardless, a, a lot of a lot of my posts lately, I've been turning the comments off. It's like I don't, I don't, I don't care what you say about it. That's 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 smart. I've been feeling like I don't care what you say about it, but you know, because like oh, you know, I, I put I put this up here for me. Honestly, I really don't care if you like it. I think you Facebook know, you should can, be. A you call can that. read it and, and get something from it without having to like it. Uh, very true. Because with us having a business page, I know how many people see the shit. Yeah. So I don't. You don't have to like it at all. I still, <laughs> I still get the impression. I still know somebody. I still it. know. I still know you saw it. Yeah. That's all that matters. You don't have to like it at all, because. <laughs> It came across your screen, you saw it. You not liking it, what is that supposed to hurt my feelings? <laughs> like seriously? Like, wow. But um Be stingy with them likes, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm on social media to like pictures if I'm on there. I've like I said, I've I've gravitated off Snapchat a lot more. Um, Instagram, I'll be on there for brief moments now, or if I'm just there to judge people and laugh at people. But um, you know, uh I think I think if I'm on if if you're on Instagram, you're literally on there to keep up with the more liberal news. Like, there is nothing on there positive. Straight up, there's nothing positive on Instagram. Lately, I th- I think I think my social media usage is is kind of slightly changing, as I'm I'm not just solely podcast only. Of as of late, I've, I'm kind of you know opening up a little bit. Just you know. Especially on Twitter, where I could just throw random thoughts out there. It's like, like I'm sitting here, I'm watching this. Like, am I the only one to feel like this? You know, just kind of throw some random thoughts out there, and yeah. and then like, I'm, I've been utilizing Facebook a little bit more because my grandma. And <laughs> That's funny. It, it is. It's simply because of her, because she'll say, "Oh, did you see this on Facebook?" I said, "No, nah, I, I don't." Well, you can log on, can't you? Wow. Well, yeah, I can. I, I mean, do I need to log on to see that? So that and then you know with the Instagram, <laughs> hey for all y'all that said I was emo for sharing the, the black the black page thoughts, you know fuck you. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> no man, come me. Oh you emo, you all right? I'm trying to give you some knowledge. I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to share you share with you like that. You're not the only person that that thinks these things. No, it's all about ten. They know that. They just people like. That's that's why that's why I hate hate the oh boys and their feelings. I'm not, am I supposed to not have feelings? You're not supposed to. Am, You're am, supposed to be Conan the be Barbarian, cold? bro. You're supposed to be Conan. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not Conan. I'm, I'm Jay every day. Oh. Oh. Jay-Z quote right there. Godly. We here, baby. We here. I like, I'm so... keeping the same energy all 2018. Oh, my God. You ain't never, ever seen me <laughs> act like this before. I think one of the best movies I saw in 2017 was uh, Three Billboards in Ebden, Missouri. And the reason that movie was so great was because it was just a raw story. It was just it was just original raw story about a lady that had a bad relationship with her daughter 
And on the last day she lost her daughter, she said some things to her she wished she didn't say. And then her daughter ended up getting raped and burned alive. Jesus. And about, I think, six months to a year went by and nothing had happened. So she put up three billboards. And uh, without giving too much away, the three billboards basically questioned the chief of police to why nobody has done anything or why nothing has been found regarding her daughter's murder. And the the, the, the chief of police was played by Woody Harrelson. And Bro, Woody Harrelson is a legend. He's a goat. Um, and he, you should have seen it, in, in, in a Planet of the Apes, oh God, that boy's a fool with it, bro. I need, I need to watch that last one. I that last one was it. raw. Like, yeah, that last one was raw. Um, so the fucked up thing about it was when she put that sign up, I mean, you're living in a small town like this, so you know that they're going to cherish their chief of police. It just turns out that the time she puts these billboards up. Um, was it re-election? <laughs> no, nah, that nigga was dying of cancer. Oh. He was about three months away mm-hmm. from death. Um. It, it basically became a chess game. So, everybody in the town knew that he was dying of cancer. And so, he came there. He was like, you know, you know I'm dying of cancer, right? <laughs> you going you gonna to send me out like this? He looked at him and was like, this bitch was wrong. She said, yeah. Like, so? Like, my daughter was, was burnt. Burnt, burnt alive and raped. And y'all ain't did shit. So... Not only was that part cold to me, but the last thing, one of the speeches in the movie she gave to the reverend uh, was about culpability. And I think it just, to me, it related to shit that was going on now because, like, I, I recently, like you were bringing up, talk about Oprah 2020, and I found that that was funny because a lot of these celebrities are all guilty of being friends with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And not doing anything to, how do I say, to, to put it out there that he was a terrible person and he should have been stopped five, ten years ago. Like, you're doing that now because Trump is in office. You're clearly doing it for distraction purposes. The Me Too movement started ten years ago. You knew that, right? I did not know that. The Me, the Me Too movement is ten years old. Once again, CNN is garbage. <laughs> um, the news in general is garbage. And if you don't do your own research, you're gonna get fucked. But the Me Too movement is, is is ten years old, and nobody gave a fuck about the Me Too movement until Trump got in office. And they want you to believe that. And and, I, and once again, I bring up this movie because when she said the speech about culpability, a, a reverend was in her, or the pastor or the father was in was in her house, and basically he was there to tell her to take the billboards down. And she looked at nigga in the eye. She was like, well, I don't know if you know this, but in in the 80s in California, when the when the mayor couldn't get a hold, like he couldn't, you know, get his hands around, you know, stopping the gang violence, he basically put these laws in place that basically said that if you're a gang member, then you're you're automatically culpable. Meaning that if you, I don't have to prove anything. I, exactly. Just that you're in the game. You're in a gang. Therefore, if something happens ten feet within from where you were, and it was gang related, y'all all going to jail because <laughs> you're all being held culpable. Yeah. And he, she said, just like 
if you're upstairs reading your Bible, smoking your peace pipe downstairs, and downstairs one of your fathers is fucking one of the little altar boys, you're all hell culpable. <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. You know, when it, when it all comes down to it, I hold all Hollywood culpable for what happened to Selma Hayek, what happened to Rose McGowan. They're all they're all guilty to me. Oprah's guilty. I seen uh, pictures with John Legend and Christine uh, Chris, uh, Teigen with Harvey Weinstein. All of y'all knew what was going on, and y'all kept y'all mouths shut because he was one of you. Exactly. That's just how I, I felt like that shit was just so important to me, and it hit home. And I was like, "Wow, that shit is pretty deep." And not only was that movie deep in that aspect, it was like I said, it was just a raw, fleshed out movie, and it kind of reminded me of Monster Ball. It was just an original film, and it was just like it's either you watch it and you got something from. Everybody's gonna take away something else from it. It was one of those. Movies. The, their goal was to tell a story, and they did. Just and they did tell yeah. the story. That okay. simple. Definitely one I'll check out. Yeah, you'll either like it or you won't. Yeah, we'll see. It is what it is. We'll see. But um, we we didn't we've been going for a while, so we went we went over. But this might be the longest episode we have to date. Uh, it is what it is. You know, but hey, is this what we do? We're still doing words of advice this year. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Okay. Are, you, are you gonna bring the, the piano in again, man? Or are you just gonna fuck us over again, bro? And not and not do the piano. You know what? Piano's back. Uh, the piano is back. Just, just, just to mellow it all out. The piano was back. Thank Don't you. worry about that. The piano, the piano will be on this recording. I appreciate that. So hold on, I gotta find my my words of advice. Good job. This isn't my words of advice, but I actually I love this quote. Um, I was listening to Bomani Jones and he was talking about his brother and he's like his brother always has this quote. It goes, "I don't know how you expect me to be so humble when I'm this dope." <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know how you expect me to downplay my greatness when I'm when I'm just absolutely this great. Wow, that's not my words of advice, but I was like, you know, you oh, gotta have some confidence in yourself. Yeah, oh, I'm, if I'm good, I'm good. I'm, a, I, I don't, I don't feel the need to have to downplay that when I'm good. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, my words of advice is, um, what's the value of of a planet if you lose your world? That's just simply saying. Um, don't don't lose sight of the small things while you're trying to focus on the big picture. Okay, that's sort of like the um, the post I put up the other day when um, when Neil deGrasse basically talks about how you know this pale blue dot, this this world that we live on is such a small little speck compared to what else is out there. It's, you know, this is I, we have this ego. To where we're just so much more than what we are at the end of the day. I mean, we're just a blip on a timeline. People don't want to accept that, but you know, people don't want to accept a lot of things. Some some yeah. people, the world revolves around them. Uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I guess my words of advice would be: uh, that's it. That's all you had. That's all I had. Short and sweet. To okay. the point. I, I'm working on being direct. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> My words of advice would be, you know, hey, man, drink your fluids because I'm fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Real talk, real talk. Um, I guess my words of advice is more of my, I've never been a resolution type of guy, but, um, and I've always, you know, like most people, you know, knock the whole new year, new me thing, but 
it's not even about new year, new me. It's more about, and, and to me, it's it's sort of, I know it's funny to be like, you know, I'm on my same bullshit, you know, 2018. Mm-hmm. It's cool. New year, same me. Yeah, you know, it's cool. But I'm just saying, like, as a nigga gets older, it's nothing wrong with, you know, writing your goals out. It's nothing wrong with actually wanting to be a better person you know, mentally and spiritually, it's not all about the material bullshit. It's, it's so many people out there talking about, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be so much more about me this year. I'm going to be traveling, blah, blah, blah. Nigga, you could, all that shit don't matter. You can travel all you want. You can do all these things you want outside in the physical. But if you're still a whack-ass person mentally and spiritually, all that shit don't matter. You, you traveling all these places, what you doing? Yeah. You just you just spreading around your bad vibes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, regardless of all that materialistic shit that you're doing in order to to make yourself feel good for 2018, make sure that you're no matter what trying to become a better person. And that's that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm just literally just being a more honest person. Like, straight the fuck up. Like, I don't care who you are, nigga. You are you are about to get the raw, uncut truth from me. 24-7. It is what it is. Talk that talk, young bull. I'm just saying, man. And and for me, some people probably feel like <clears throat> that I need to, you know, talk to them or open up to them. <clears throat> Everybody isn't worth opening up to. I don't have to explain myself to anybody. No. And if you, if you, you know, fall into that category of someone I need to explain myself to, I will. If not, I won't. And that's, that's something I'll have to deal with. We're all on our own journey. We're literally all the architects of our own journey. And when that when that final blueprint is laid out, <laughs> that's everything that's put in place is on me. I can't I can't control your move or you can't control mine. That's that's all I got. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Very insightful. Uh, I try. Hey, that's all like effort is all that we have. <laughs> Man. But it, also know that effort. that effort may not come in the same package that you see it in. Effort. Oof. That's a, that's a, that's a, how many letters in that word? Look, you're going to make me count what? Six <laughs> letters? Six it, letters? I didn't even want you to do all that. But my point is, you would swear that that word was like very long and heavy. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a short word. And people but, take it, make it harder than it really is. Hey, but like I, but like I said earlier, like effort to me and effort to you might be two different things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got to respect that. Okay. Whether whether it's enough or whether it's not is up for me to decide, but I got to respect that, you know, your effort is what it is and my effort is what it is. And, and when you're in that situation where effort is being addressed, is it is it being defined? Good point. Okay. Good I guess point. we can save that for another time. But, hey, uh, that's another story. We done told enough stories today. <laughs> but remember, people, keep that same energy from 2017. Bring it into 2018. <laughs> 2019 and 2020. And with that being said. Pray for these shithole countries. We didn't even get there. We didn't even get, I don't even think we need to go we there. We don't need to go there. <laughs> no, 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 let me say something. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Pray for these shithole countries because we care about them so much. <laughs> I'm just saying, we care about these countries so much. God, we thoughts and prayers, remember. And I, I want to see a list of shithole countries. I can't wait to see that list. I guarantee you somebody has one. I bet, I bet you some. I bet you that list of shithole country comes out, and somebody look at that list and say, "Oh no, you got us fucked up." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you got us fucked up. <laughs> or, or somebody 
going to be like, you know what? That nigga might be right. So he's going to win for the trash. That's why I'm trying to come over and fuck with y'all. <laughs> Niggas go outside and look around for this hoe is yeah, not what's up. Fuck being politically correct in 2018, man. Anyways. And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?